We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire here at Heartsease Family Life Church is to see people grow and develop in their walk with God, for all to enter into His best for their lives. For more information in regards to the church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We pray that you will be blessed. I said, are you happy tonight? I want Trey, if you can grab the mic, we're going we're gonna to get some feedback again tonight. For the past two Wednesdays now, we have been talking about knowing God. Come on, we've been talking about knowing God, not just believing in God. You can be brought up in a church all your life and see a stained glass window and know that that's God or Jesus or an image of Jesus. We're not talking about just a head knowledge. We're talking about a heart understanding and complete realization of God. To know Him intimately, to know Him personally. In fact, if you think about Christianity, that is what separates Christianity from any other religion of this world. And that is this. We have a personal relationship with God. It's an encounter with God. It's not a ritual. It's not ceremonies, it's not types, and it's not shadows. We have the opportunity to have a relationship, listen to this, with a living God. Every one of them are serving something that's dead. That you can go to their grave, you can see the bones. There's evidence that they are dead. But listen to me, the tomb is empty because my Savior is alive. And because He's alive, I can live also. Amen? So it's amazing. Kelly... My wife Kelly, who was born a Catholic, she said this, that when she received Christ as our Lord and Savior, all of a sudden it made sense. All of a sudden she realized that everything that they were trying to type and shadow and all this, all of a sudden she realized what that was that they were trying to show. And she realized it wasn't in a candle. It wasn't in holy water. It wasn't in saying this and standing up and down. My goodness, if you go to a Catholic service, it's like an aerobics class. You stand up like 35, 50 times and you shout out and repeat. Come on now, you get, get in shape going there. But all of a sudden she realized That what they had tried to present, but they can't present because it's not the truth. Come on now. It's not the truth. But it's amazing. To know Him makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Come on, to know God really makes great sense. So let's take the knowing Him test again. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. I want this scripture just to burn inside of your spirit. I want this just to be tattooed onto your heart that you can't shake it, you can't turn away from it. 1 John 2, verse 3 and 4 says these words, By this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. This is how we'll be known or know that we know God is that we will live according to his word. That we won't try and look for every loophole and every escape clause, but that we will live by God's commandment. Let's read on in verse 4. It says, he who says, I know God, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. 
I want to know God. Come on tonight. I said, I want to know God. And you know what? I don't want to just know God. I want you to know God. Wow. Wow, that was overwhelming. I'm knocked down. I says, I want you to know God. Because when we know God, our lives will be transformed. When we truly know God, every problem will be a solution. Every question will become an answer because he is the answer. Come on, when we know God, we won't get bogged down with those petty things. Come on, that stuff. How many would be honest in this house tonight and say that they've got a lot of stuff, come on, that is hindering them from really knowing God? Come on, who's going to be honest in the house? Come on, we're still carrying stuff that hinders us from our walk with God, truly knowing him. Last week, we talked to Pratt about the greatest inhibitor that can perhaps stop us from truly knowing God. And that is this. Why would God love someone like me? Why would God choose to love? What is it in me that God would ever consider or see lovable? I haven't got time to go into this with great detail, but you've got to know this. God loves you. Why? Because loving is not what he does. It's who he is. Listen to me. Love is not a choice that God does. Love is who he is. You can read it in 1 John 4, 8, I believe. It says, for God is love. You can't separate love and God. They're one and the same. God is the epitome of love. His love is period. He loves us because that's who he is. That's him, love. And therefore, that makes you and I Loved. You may question, why would God love me? God answers it and he says, I love you because I am love. Tonight I want to talk about knowing God or having a life of believing God, but not wanting to pray. Not desiring to pray. And perhaps when we said that word, not wanting to pay, pray or not desiring to pray, is perhaps maybe the wrong way to put it. I think we all want to pray. I hope, in fact, we all have a desire to pray. But the sad reality is we just don't. Or at least, if we do, it's at the least very little. Prayer is perhaps one of the greatest weapons that you and I have available to us as children of God. But why is it we so often seldom use it? If we call a pizza social, the place will be packed. But if we call a prayer meeting, two or three people show up and pray. We see the need to change our schedule for pizza. But we don't see the need to change our lives to come and seek God and pray. And I know you may say, well, pastor, I can pray wherever I'm at. You sure can. But you know what? The Bible also speaks of agreement when we come together and when we pray together, the power of being one and standing in agreement and being together. Listen to this story. A pastor once asked his church to pray that God would shut down a neighborhood bar. The whole church gathered for an evening prayer meeting, pleading with God to rid their neighborhood of this evil bar. A few weeks later, lightning struck the bar and it burned down to the ground. Having heard about the church's prayer crusade, the bar owner promptly sued the church. When the court date finally arrived, this is a true story, the bar owner passionately argued that God struck his bar with lightning because the church members had been praying. 
The, ba- the pastor backtracked, brushing off the accusations, and he admitted that the church had prayed, but he also affirmed that no one in his congregation really expected anything to happen. The judge leaned back in his chair, a mix of amused and perplexities on his face, and finally he spoke. I cannot believe what I am hearing. Right in front of me is a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. Sad, but isn't it so true? We say we want to know God. We say we want to have a greater relationship with Him. But yet we don't communicate. We don't talk. We don't fellowship with Him. Because that's what prayer is. We make it so holy and we make it so Prayer is communicating and talking with God. There's no fixed way to pray. When Jesus said, when you pray, pray as this, Jesus wasn't saying every time you pray, pray as this. Really, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's a skeleton that we can see the areas that we need to pray in our lives. But Jesus is not saying pray it as a religious prayer. Jesus is saying, I want to talk to you. I want to commune with you. You see that in the book of Genesis. I I guarantee Jesus loved the time when he came down and walked with Adam and Eve. And just had fellowship and just hung out with them and talked. I can imagine weeks and years and decades and centuries after that time, God is still saying, man, I missed that. I missed that. Then finally he sent his son and then he went, ah, now I can have that again. I can have that closeness and that intimacy, that relationship that I long to have with mankind. That's prayer. Don't make it so complicated. It's not hard. Well, how do I pray? How do you talk to your friend? How do you talk to those around? Talk to God. Talk to God. Can you remember in the Bible the religious leader that he was praying his long prayers? And he was praying and thanking God for all this and that. But what was he doing? He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like that sinner, that publican, that waster over there. And what was the prayer of that sinner? What was the prayer of that man? The Bible says he beat his chest and said, God, I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. And the Bible says through the words of Jesus, what prayer did God hear? What prayer did God hear? Did he hear the one that had the long verse? prayers? Did he hear the one that thought he was holier and greater? The Bible says he heard the one that just cried out in absolute desperation. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. But God said, that's the prayer that I hear. That's the prayer. You see, Jesus hears honest prayer. Come on, we may not have it all together. That guy didn't even know how to pray. He didn't know what to do. Remember the story of Naaman when he came and he came to the prophet and he said, what can I do? And the prophet said, go and wash. And he got upset, but then finally he washed. He came back to the prophet. And what did he do? He loaded his donkeys with dirt. Because he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this dirt back and I'm going to make an altar. And I'm going to pray. But it's amazing fact is God wasn't looking for him to build an altar, but because of his ignorance, God didn't chastise him for it, but God still was able to speak to him and through him. Come on, we may not know everything, but that's okay. The Holy Spirit can teach us how to pray. Come on now. God can teach us how to pray if we'll be just willing to open our mouths and begin. It was a sincere heart. 
that God heard. Why is prayer such a struggle? We're going to ask, we're going to throw this out here tonight. And I apologize, I meant to bring my whiteboard and I was going to write on the whiteboard all your answers and stuff. But throw it out to me, why is prayer such a struggle? Who wants to go first? Why do we struggle to pray? I'll get this one, Trey. My problem is, is I don't know how to pray or what to say. Okay, so don't know how to, what to say or how to say it. Anyone else? Come on, throw it out. Don't be holy. It's not spiritual answers we're looking for. Come on, be practical with me. It's going to sound stupid, but sometimes I don't want to bother them. Okay, okay. It's not stupid. Uh, for those of us who don't have prayer closets, distractions all around us. Okay, okay, because of distractions. Anyone else? Come on, why is it a struggle to pray? What goes on? What fights us in our prayer life? But sometimes with myself, I'm speaking for myself, is that in my heart, I really want to pray. But that in my heart, I'm still probably holding on. Uh, For example, if someone have hurt me, I still, in my heart, I say, Lord, forgive me and forgive that person. But deep down in my heart, I still have some kind of vendetta or I'm really not sorry or have really forgiven that person i may say it with my lips but in my heart it's not true so i don't really pray like i should okay good good answers anyone else got any answers tonight come on trey's redundant at the back come on mr huss anyone else put your hand up and trey will come to you you know what i think is is unbelief i know when i was in school and they taught me uh, about history, and, and, and I read it in a book, and the teacher taught me. I was able to believe there was a, this country was over there, or there was an Iceland, whatever. But I think we, we have a lot of unbelief, but if we listen to God's Word through, our, through the Bible or through other pastors or messages we hear, it helps our unbelief, and then we have the faith to believe in our prayers. Have you noticed this, that everyone or many people have a question of God, but very seldom ever question Satan's ability? Satan, think about that. You don't very, you, I've never heard someone say there's not a devil. Everyone admits there's a devil, but very few will admit or they find it hard to admit there's a God. Why is that? We all know, don't we? Because Satan's trying to disrupt their belief because he knows if they can believe. So we question, we say, how can we believe in a God? They believe in a Satan, but yet they don't believe in a God. Think about that. It's powerful. Anyone else? Who else had their hand up? Yeah. Sometimes uh, I feel foolish because, like she said, I don't know what to say, and and it seems simple, and I'm bothering him, you know, with my foolishness because I don't know how to pray. It's taking the time out of the day to really do serious prayer, and um, that's kind of where it is with me. I think one thing we need to do is, is actually set aside a time to do that, to commune with God. I know in my case, I'm very jealous of my time in the morning because I'm awake and the whole house is asleep and I can spend time with the Lord. And when I don't get that, my day is ruined. Good answers. Come on, keep those hands up. I think I found out the hard way that uh, the more situations that you have come into your life where you know the only solution is on your knees and to to talk to God. The devil is going to throw so many things that distract you. 
Yeah. I mean, while you're praying, you'll have some of the God-awfulest thoughts that will just just tear you up and, and make you start over. And uh, the devil doesn't like prayer. Go on, Angela. I know, too, before I was saved, um, the only time I prayed was when I really needed him. So I pretty much procrastinated until it was absolutely necessary or until I knew my life was falling apart. Okay. Anyone else tonight? Great answers, and I appreciate so many of your honesties tonight because I think your honesty can help other people because when we come to church, it's almost like we put this image on. Come on put this image on that everything's good. But you know what? We may say, well, I'm embarrassed to say that. But statistics tell us that what we say, probably 60% of the people in here are probably going through or thinking the same thing. You know, that's what they say. Dasa? Um, I think sometimes it's hard for us to pray because of disappointment and unanswered prayers or we're waiting for God to answer our prayers. I know everybody knows what it's like to pray and feel like your prayers are only hitting the ceiling and not reaching God. Okay. Okay, fantastic. Try. Um, if I'm just being honest, I think we struggle with prayer and, and not praying just because we don't have that desire. We just, I mean, do we really grasp the importance of it? I think sometimes we just, we pray when we really need God, but we don't realize that we need to pray even though there may not be an immediate need. That so many times, we just, we take prayer for granted. God gets to join in with us when everything is going bad. But how many times do we include him when our life is going good? It's amazing, isn't it? He's not the God of just the dark days. He wants to be a God of the sunshine too. But yet we just exclude him from our lives. Anyone else got anything they want to throw out there? Megan, come on, Trey. I'll let you get Megan. He's already got her, Mr. Huss says. Boom, boom. Good answer. Um, I think kind of echoing what Mr. Bill and Ms. Kay said, uh, it's, it's, you get so busy and so wound up. And I've heard... People want to say busy stands for bound under Satan's yoke. You know, he just throws in so many things. And I think it was last week when you were talking about how um, Steve Mawson would dedicate a couple hours a day. And so Kayla and I were talking this week, and I was telling her, I said, you know what, I felt so horrible because when he was saying that, I was thinking, oh, man, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that on Mondays. But before I can even think, I was like, oh, wait, Monday I do this. Oh, wait, then I do this. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm sitting here already coming up with all these reasons why I can't stop for two hours to pray. And it's like you just get into this habit of doom, doom, doom. And, like, I'll pick up the phone call, pick up the phone to return a call to someone because, you know, if they've called me, because I know that they're expecting me and that's an audible voice that I'm going to hear. But I'm so much more obligated to return a call and to speak to someone who you know you're going to hear from. When you don't really hear from God audibly, it makes it seem as though maybe you're not, you know, it's okay to just forget or okay to pass on, I guess. Cool. Anyone else before we move on? Great answers, great answers. Miss Melissa. I think we have too many excuses for not to pray. Always coming up with some, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, instead of just praying, giving God his time. I think Trey really hit it on the head when he said, we say we have a desire, but yet the reality is where our treasure is. There our hearts will be also. If we've really got a desire for something, we can be so tired and we can come in from work and someone can say, hey, do you want to come to the movies with me? And all of a sudden we're motivated and we can go to a movie. But yet when it comes time to still have time to pray or something, we just don't have time. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Is that okay? 
I've got to be honest with you. I struggle when it comes to prayer. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Prayer for me is a struggle. You may say, but you're the pastor. Yeah, I am. But prayer for me is a struggle. Listen to me. I didn't say I don't pray. Come on, but I said it's a struggle for me to pray. Some people have said that I'm ADD, ADHD, or whatever, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or whatever. But for me, it's a real struggle. David, I know what you're talking about. When I sit down to pray, my mind is every which way. That's why when I pray, I take a notepad with me, or I've got my phone. And I don't often like my phone, because then it rings. Or then someone texted you, but I use the notes on there. But I'll take a notepad because I know that thoughts come in my mind of things that I have to do and places I have to be and people I have to call. So what I do is, you know, you you know what it is when you try and say I'm going to remember, and then you keep praying, and then you keep telling yourself I can't forget, I can't forget, I can't forget that, and then something else, and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm, and you're so consumed with not forgetting that you've forgotten to pray. (laughs) So I take a notepad and I write down those things. I just nip it in the bud right there and then and go on and go on. But that's why I think you need to find a way to pray too. For me, I like to walk and pray. Um, For me, it it keeps me moving. If I sit, I get lethargic, I'll I'll fall asleep. I love to say that I'm laying in my bed and praying, but really I fall asleep more than I'm praying. And for me, I have to just get up and walk. For me, it helps me too to pray out loud. And I'm sorry for some of you to experience my praying out loud when I walk. But for me, it just helps kind of drowns out my thoughts. And it just helps me stay focused and clued in on what God's trying to speak to me and tell me. Well, I think the uh, when we had the, the two at nine, uh-huh. that helped me because I get an email from you every day saying, remember our two at nine. And that just having that structure like that helped me. I want to say this just because we had the two at nine for the month of April, was it? Or whatever. I still pray at nine and nine. I've set my alarm clock. If you've got a really cool phone that's called an iPhone, you can set your alarms to come on at different times of the day. And my alarm will still go off at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. every day. And if Kelly and I are sitting watching the TV, we'll pause the TV, we'll mute the TV. And Kelly usually prays at night because I'll pray in the morning. And just different things like that. Coming to church nearly every Sunday morning, the alarm goes off in the car and we stop and we shout out, who's going to pray? And one of the kids will pray and then we'll all say amen. It's just cool just to develop that. And just, you know, and if you miss nine, it's okay. It just helps with those kind of things. But, you know, prayer is a struggle. But why should we pray? It's amazing. If we ask the question, why should we pray? We struggle with reasons almost more why we should pray when we have so many reasons why we don't pray. The first things that come to our mind so often is why we don't. Answers to why. We've had some great ones tonight, today, and a lot of them are what I've written down today. Here's the main reasons why we don't pray, I think. And that is this. Number one, we don't feel good enough to pray. When I mean that, we don't feel worthy. It's a big one, okay? Second one is this, that God's not going to be concerned with my mediocre stuff. I mean, he's got an oil spill to deal with. He's got this to deal with. He's got that to deal with. I mean, he's going to be concerned with the fact that I don't have 10 bucks to put gas in my car. I don't want to bother God with silly things. What about this one? It's boring. Come on, let's be honest. Prayer can be boring. Because why is prayer boring? Because we've come to it with the wrong perspective. We've come to it with the wrong thing. Oh, it's boring. I've, I've discovered this in my life. When I go into something with that attitude, 
I'm going to come out of that thing with the same attitude. Have you ever realized that? If you go into something saying, I'm not going to have fun, you don't have fun. Because you've already written off the event or the time because you've just determined in your heart it's going to be miserable anyway. So I'm not going to. So many of us have that thought of prayer. It's just boring and it's just miserable. But yet we long to have our friend call us that we can just chat for the day. We're so excited. Oh, I'm on my way home from work. My friend's going to call. We have that excitement and anticipation for talking to other people. But yet prayer is boring. We need to change that attitude and begin to realize it shouldn't be a chore to pray, but it should be a joy to hang out with. God. It's amazing, I think, as we change that attitude, as we change that mindset, great things will happen. Here's another reason why we don't pray, and that is this, even if I did, how's my prayer actually going to make a difference? What is my prayer going to do? I mean, it's just me. Why would God want to listen to me? The list continues with reasons why not. But why should we pray? Can I give you a list of why we should pray tonight? This is why I believe we should pray. Just practical things. His word instructs us to. We really should say amen and go home because if God's word tells us to do something, that should be good enough for us. Come on, I said that should be good enough for us. But God's word instructs us to. And you know, there's something about God's instruction when it comes to prayer and every instruction gives, God gives us. God's instructions come with a purpose. How do you remember all that, that stuff you learned at school that was just so meaningless and you've never used and you probably will never use in your life, but they fill your mind with worthless, meaningless things? Okay? Unless you're going to be a nuclear physicist or something. You're just never going to have to know all these kind of pies and squares and all this kind of thing. The only pies you want is the ones with ice cream and cream on the top. Okay, so, so all these things. But it's amazing. The instruction that God gives us in our, His Word is for purpose. Everything that God says, if God says to pray, it's not because he's trying to control your life. He's trying to make you realize that there's benefits that come as a result of listening and following his word. So what are you saying is God's just not up there trying to make our lives miserable and trying to make us do all these and that and everything because God doesn't make us do anything. But as we heed his instruction, we realize there's purpose. So why do we pray? His word instructions. Why else should we pray? Point number two, because God hears our prayers. That's an incredible thought. He's concerned about what concerns me. It's just a little thing. God's concerned about it. I don't want to bother God. God wants to be bothered by that. And you're not bothering him because he cares so much about you that if it's bothering you, he wants to take that from you and give you peace and rest. Why else should we pray? Because the Bible tells us that God is moved by our prayers. I didn't say we manipulate God or control God with our prayers. But God is moved as his people begin to pray. Why else should we pray? Because it builds our faith. Builds your faith, that relationship with God. But you know what? Our faith is built even when our prayers are unanswered. Yes, our, our faith is built when God answers our prayers. But you know what? Even when God doesn't answer our prayers as we think He should, there's still a sense of His presence that we feel. There's just a joy in knowing, just the comfort that he is still there despite it all. And one thing I've learned is this. If we get in the presence of God, we will grow and we will know him in a greater way. Even if prayer doesn't change the circumstances around us, listen to me, it will change your heart and perspective. That's the beauty of prayer. 
Another reason, and maybe perhaps one of my favorite reasons why it's important to pray is this. It reminds us that we're not in control. Pretty powerful thought, isn't it? We're not in control because if we were, we wouldn't have to have the help of God. We could just do it ourselves. But I think prayer keeps us in a place of humility where we realize, but God, without you, God, I'm nothing. Without you, I am nothing. It makes us realize we're not in control, but he is. Come on, say an amen with me. So what is prayer? Prayer is two-way communication. I appreciate Andrea's honesty tonight and a lot of people in the same way. I just don't know how to pray. We really do. We're just afraid because we've seen so many formats and all these ways. But really prayer is just this. Hey, God, I don't know how to pray. But you know what, God? I'm having struggles here. and That's praying. That's an incredible prayer. But prayer is more than just one-way communication. We've got to start understanding prayer is two-way communication. Come on, it's a two-way communication with God. It's being honest with Him, even if you're mad at God. I don't want to tell Him that. He already knows that. So you might as well tell Him. Listen to what Psalms 145 verse 18 says. It says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. How many times have you lied to God in your prayer life? God, thank you for this day. What a wonderful day. No, it's not. It stinks. Nothing's gone right. God, I thank you for my family. No, I don't, God. If you knew who my family were, I mean, have you seen my uncles and aunts? Have you seen all that? God, I'm struggling. Come on, let's be honest. We pray prayers to impress God. And really, in impressing Him, we're not impressing Him, and we're just depressing ourselves. Come on, God is near to all those who are honest. Communicate your feelings to God. Vocalize your feelings. uh, You know, I've been talking to that young guy, Mike, who lost his wife. He's got a little girl of three years of age and he lost his wife to cancer. She was, I think she was 27 years of age. I mean, why would God take someone like that? We struggle to comprehend and understand. And Mike says, I'm mad at God. I said, that's okay, Mike. Because God would rather you vocalize those feelings and communicate and talk with Him instead of just holding back. Because as He gets those frustrations out, He'll realize that God is still there loving Him despite the resistance that He may put up. God's love still comes back. I would much rather hear someone say, I'm mad at God than someone who says, I love God, but really their heart is so angry and frustrated. I would rather have honesty. Don't you think God wants the same? Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, verse 5 through 6. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. I don't want to be like the hypocrites, do you? But so often we're hypocritical in our prayer life. For they love to stand in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say unto you, what does Jesus say? They've got their reward. That's their answer they want. They've got the praise from men. But what does it say? Verse 6, but when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, what does it say? Go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. I love that. Listen to that. God says, I'm in that secret place. How important is it to perhaps have that secret place, that quiet place, that place where we can get shut in with God? We used to hear that terminology years ago, didn't we, Nancy and church? Shut in with God. Just shut in with God. 
For he who is in that secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you open. Does he reward the hypocrite? He, re- he rewards those that just get alone with God and spend time and just are honest with God. Tell God how you feel. But if you tell God how you feel, be ready for him to tell you how he feels. Come on now. If you're telling him how you feel, be ready just to receive back how he feels about you. And how he feels about your situations and circumstances, how able he is. Come on, it may not be an audible voice, it can be. I'm reading through the um, Leviticus Numbers. I'm in Numbers right now. Thank God I'm out of Leviticus. And everyone said amen. I'm in Numbers now, which Numbers can be quite bad too. And, um, but, you know, the number of times it says that God spoke to Moses face to face, I thought, how incredible that Moses stood and had a conversation face to face with God. It may not be an audible voice, but every one of us knows that God speaks. He speaks through his words. If you haven't heard God lately, I heard this said once, read God. Come on, this Bible's God's word. If you haven't heard from God lately, read him. But God speaks. God speaks tonight through a pastor, through people, through those. God speaks to us through praise and worship, through nature. He can use anything. Come on, God can even use a fortune cookie. Huh? I mean, he can. If God can use a donkey, that was the polite way to put it, by the way. If God can use one of those, he can use anything. Moses, a great leader. Gideon turned out to be a great leader. Elijah, one of the greatest prophets that's ever lived. They all questioned God. Do you hear me? They all questioned God. But listen to me. They were still ready and willing to accept his way. It's okay to question God. It's okay to have all these things. But you know what? We still need to be willing to accept his way and what he wants to do in our life. Prayer can be a constant communication. Do you realize that? It can be constant communication. First Thessalonians verse 5 or First Thessalonians 5 verse 17 and 18 says this. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing with thanks. That's the will of God for you. What is God's desire? That you will pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, because this is the will of God in you. We can pray continually. How can you do that? We're not talking about being on our knees, but we can pray and be in an attitude of prayer. You know what I think praying continuously means? Letting God into every part of your world. That when you're at work, you're just thanking Him, and you're just, throughout the day, you're just praising Him. And and when you eat, you're just thanking Him, and and this, and, you know, just including God into every area, every part of your world. Remember in the Bible, David said these words, early will I seek you. I wonder if early to David meant that four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock early in the morning. Perhaps it does. There's indication that David would get up early, and he would walk and pray. But you know what? Perhaps David was trying to say to every one of us, it may not work in the a.m., but what David was trying to refer to us when he said, early will I seek you, he was trying to say, why don't we prioritize God's involvement in our life? Because when a problem comes, so many times we turn to every other solution, then at last resort, who do we go to? How many times have we heard this statement, when all else fails, God? 
I mean, why should it ever get to that place that all else has failed us? Because we should know that our confidence can't be in those things. Our confidence only can be in God. So therefore, maybe when David said, early will I seek him, what he was saying was, include God first and foremost every time in your life. When there's a problem, give it to God. When you don't know which way to go, give it to God. You may have to make some calls after that, but let God. When the doctors tell you, that there's a problem. Before you pick up the phone and tell everyone, take it to God. Early will I seek you. Include God first in everything we do. The more we pray, the more we'll know God. I've realized this in my life. It's not so much the length that's important, but the frequency. Pastor, I'm not pastor. And Smith Wigglesworth, an incredible guy, and Trey can tell the quote probably better than me. Smith Wigglesworth says this in a book, an incredible man. He says this, I very seldom pray more than 15 minutes at a time. But he says there's very seldom 15 minutes that goes by that I don't pray. Powerful, huh? It's not in hours and hours that we exclude him from the rest of our day. Perhaps we would do a lot better just throughout the day. I find myself driving down the car without even thinking, saying, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Have you done that lately? Just including God in your life. So how do we deal with unanswered prayers? Is this okay tonight? Can you give me a few more minutes? Is that cool? Can we go into overtime quickly tonight? Is that okay? How do we deal with unanswered prayers? I have to ask myself if there really is such a thing as an unanswered prayer because no is just as much as an answer as yes. So really the reality is there's no such thing as unanswered prayers. But understanding it how how we do, let's proceed. We may not always understand why God doesn't always answer the way we think he should. Anyone with me on that one? That you really thought that you knew the mind of God and God made a mistake because you just knew a whole lot better in this situation. So why did he do that? But you know what? Even in those situations, we've got to be careful because here's the deal. We can never stop believing in him. Just because it doesn't happen as we want, what wouldn't tend to take place is we'll quit believing. We'll start doubting and questioning God. It's never for us to stop believing in Him. Neither is it ever for us to stop believing in the power of prayer. There's power in prayer. But I believe there are, however, some inhibitors listed in God's Word or some reasons why our prayers may not be heard. Are you ready? I'm going to give you some lists of inhibitors that will hinder our prayers. This is God's Word, not Philip's Word. This is what God's Word says. Number one is unforgiveness. You mentioned it. Mark 11, verse 24 and 25 says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you may receive them and you will have them. Verse 23 before that says we can speak to the mountains. And they're, ooh, and we all love that. And anything you ask in my name, I'm going to do it. We love that. But then it goes on to say, and whenever you stand praying, verse 25, if you have anything against anyone else, forgive him that your Father in heaven will also forgive your trespass. One of the other Gospels says this, when you come with that gift to the Lord, first leave it down and make it right with that other person before you come and give to God. Meaning that God's not going to accept what you're given to Him if there's unforgiveness in your heart. So unforgiveness can hinder your prayers. Do I hear an amen? amen? Or oh my. Number two, wrong motive. Selfish prayers. Oh, God, help me win the lottery. I'll give you 20%. Is winning the lottery the answer to your problems? I believe that it's probably a greater problem. 
it's going to create greater problems. And let me tell you something right now. If you win $20 million, you'll never pay your tithes on that if you can't pay your tithes on $100. It's just a bonus for you right there. James 4 verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Wow, wrong motive. Is it about you? Is it about me? When I ask these things, is it for me or is it for building God's kingdom? Is it about his glory or is it for mine? Wrong motives will hinder my prayers. Do I hear an amen or an oh my? Number three, a lifestyle. The way we live. James 5 verse 16 and the latter part of that verse says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. It's very clear there that just not any prayer of anyone, but it's a prayer of a righteous man or woman. Psalms 34 verse 15, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Incredible, incredible. Please note though, that doesn't therefore mean that if I'm right and I have everything in place that God's just going to answer every prayer that I ever prayed. And neither does it mean if my life is a total mess that he won't even ever listen to me. But how we live is definitely a factor that can make a difference in our prayer life. Do I hear an amen? amen or an oh my? Number four, lack of faith. James 1 verse 6 and 7, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea, tossed and driven by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Ouch. We need once again childlike faith that says no matter what, no matter how, we know that God can. Number five, and that is this, contrary to God's will. When we pray contrary to God's will. 1 John 5 verse 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we have asked of Him. Incredible that when we pray the will of God, the Bible says that we will receive everything. That's why every time I pray, I know what I want to happen, but I always pray, God, let your will be done. In every circumstance and situation, God, I want your will first and foremost. God, if I'm off base, if I'm with the wrong motive, if I'm in the wrong, God, drop everything I say, God, because I want your will. I want your will in my life. I want your will over everyone's lives. Unanswered prayers, I know, can be very frustrating. But you know what else I've learned about unanswered prayers is this. They can be very soul-searching. They can make me begin to look inside because we're good at pointing the fingers, but perhaps we need to do some inner searching and inner looking and evaluate our lives and see where we're at. We can't stop praying because if we stop praying, we stand a 100% chance that our prayers won't be answered. It's like when you golf and you're on the putting green. If you don't get the ball to the hole, you know that stands a 100% chance of not going in. Most of your good putters will leave the ball because they will aim about a foot, a foot and a half past the hole. So if they miss the hole, at least they had a chance for it to drop in the hole. If it doesn't make it to the hole, it stands no chance. Come on, we may say, well, God's not answering my prayers. Keep praying. 
Keep asking God to evaluate your motives. Make sure your heart is right. Check your life. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. We, we went through a prayer chart before, and there was four things that when we pray, God can say to us. God can say no. Sometimes God can say just slow. Slow down. Come on, has anyone ever had God say slow when you've prayed? God can also say grow. Has anyone ever had God say grow when you've prayed? God says, just wait, you've got to grow a little bit. But then the fourth thing that God can say is go. Sometimes we need to grow. Sometimes we need to slow. Sometimes it's best that he says no. But you know what? There's also going to be a go. There's no greater encouragement or motivator for prayer than answered prayers. They may not always come how we expect, but will we just let him be God? Listen to what Bishop Wallace said to me yesterday morning, one of the nuggets that I wrote down. And that is this, he said, let God sit on the throne and he'll let you sit on his lap. Isn't that cool? Let God sit on his throne. Put him in his position where he needs to be. Not like you get there, God, but let him be in his position. And you know what? He'll let you sit on his lap. Isn't that a beautiful picture of God? Let God be God. In closing, listen to me. God will answer some prayers just the way you want them. And others he won't answer at all. But that's the mystery of prayer. But I need to encourage you tonight. Keep praying. Find a prayer life. Find a time. Begin to grow. Don't go into it with a closed mind. This is going to be boring. I'm not going to get anything. God's not bothered with me. Hey, listen, I hope tonight we've, ex- we've exposed every one of those things as a lie. God is bothered, but you're not bothering him. God cares about everything that you go through. Keep praying. Keep communicating. Just talk with him. Just talk with him. Maybe sing to God. Well, I've had a bad day. I mean, do whatever you've got to do. Communicate with God. Just sing to Him. Talk to Him. Write it down. You know, that really helped me was to write down. I took a notepad and on the front sheet, I wrote down every day what I was asking God to do, what I wanted God to do in my life. And then you know what I did? I turned to the back of the notebook and I began to write down the answers to prayer that God had done in my life. And it was amazing that all the answers of things that I had begun to pray, it really helps. If you want to get focused in prayer time, write it down and pray as you're writing. It really can help a prayer journal. But then flip the notebook from the back and begin to write about the answered prayers. You'd be amazed at how many things go unnoticed because we don't stop and think that was an answer to prayer. That God came through for me. Take time to sit down and write. Listen to Philippians 4 verse 6 as we close. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Say that with me. By prayer, in everything, by prayer and supplication. Supplication is really just a deeper prayer. Taking prayer, it's like prayer on steroids. It's like just developing in your prayer life with prayer and supplication. And then what? Thanksgiving. Just throw a little bit of thanks in with your prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. Just praise him. Don't always ask, ask, ask. Just praise him for him. When I pray, I take time just to thank him. I sometimes sing a worship song. I just worship God while I'm out walking. I just take time just to thank God for what he's done in my life. I don't want it to be about gimme, 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 gimme. I want to just thank him and take a few moments just to thank him for who he is in my life. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests, that's prayer, be made to God. Come on, don't stop praying. Or rather, start praying. 
Come on, let's start praying. Because we can't talk to God, or we can't know God if we don't talk to Him and listen to this. We can't know God if we don't talk to Him and listen to Him talking to us. God is awesome. Come on, let's know God. Let's not just believe in God, but yet not pray. Come on, I don't want to believe in God, but live like He doesn't exist. I want Him to exist in my life. Would you stand with me? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.